You know, we're a global community, we're regional communities, we're state, micro, subject communities, but we're really like really all the same. Everybody's just looking for somewhere to belong. They're just looking for mm-hmm. people, places where they can feel okay being who they are. Mm-hmm. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak, they talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. I'm Eric. I'm Courtney. And Psilocybin Says community is crucial. (laughs) Community. Community time. When's the last time you had community? When's the last time you had communist tea? Whoa. I think I drank some this morning. <laughs> really? Wow. I don't know. Yeah. Careful. <laughs> Careful what you're saying there. Uh, about that five-pound five bag of coffee, so yeah. you never know what gets mixed yeah. in like, well, of those things. It's fair trade, but you know, that's what the sticker says anyway. No, it doesn't say that. Oh. It's just really good. That's some it's, damn good coffee. It is really and, good and coffee. coffee is something that community builds around. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. It's also a little tricky. Psychedelic communities can be a little bit tricky. You've got all kinds of people that come to these experiences and, you know, that creates an opportunity to meet all different kinds of people, but it also creates an opportunity for there to be some kind of like awkwardness and conflict, which is an important part of community as well. That's one of the things Mm -hmm. that I think is really important about community is that it presents us with parts of ourselves that we might not be so familiar with or comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also presents us with, you know, those warm, fuzzy feelings of, Oh, Hey, there's other people like me out there. Yes. I feel like now more than ever, it's going to take some real reminding and displays of community to, <laughs> to get us back to knowing how important mm. it is. With social media, we have this false Mm -hmm. idea uh, or feeling that we're part of a community when, and this is just saying my Facebook friends aren't really my friends. (laughs) (laughs) I've got 5,000. That's your call. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. (laughs) What's really, what you're touching on is really, really valid. Yeah. And it's something that's said all the time. And even still, it's so easy to fall into this perception that that's a real community. And Mm -hmm. we only find out when shit really goes down in our lives that that's not, (laughs) that's not our real community. Yeah. What do you think Um, about the Zoom communities and, and some of the online stuff that's happened out of necessity? Do you think those can be authentic? Yes, I do think those can be authentic. So what's what's an authentic community versus an inauthentic community? Ooh, an authentic community to me, well, this is something that I'm definitely figuring out still. I feel mm. deluded every day almost. There's at least some part of the day where I'm wondering, is this is this authentic? Is this person representing themselves or uh, representing something they want to be or you know what am I what am I dealing with here it's this hide and seek game that we're Mm. all playing but with social media it makes it really tricky I really appreciate I came across an Instagram uh, profile yesterday 
of a business coach, a female uh, business coach who's a mother of four children. And she makes a point to take pictures and make posts of her like actual life and the Mm. nitty gritty parts Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. She took this picture of her in her kitchen with all of her kids. They're like getting ready to go to school and that's when it's crazy, right? Like everybody's still waking Mm. up and trying to get the breakfast and like, Oh my gosh, what's going on today? What, what, you know, what am I planning for today? And her husband was like still in his pajama pants and like flipping pancakes and like (laughs) screaming at the kids. He had like his arm up in the air. And this is like someone who, who nets like a million dollars, like a quarter Mm. type of person, Mm. really successful female entrepreneur. Mm. And she's got this picture of her husband just like, Oh, like in total disarray and the kids are crying and like cereal spilled on the floor Mm. and the dogs are like, you know, laying around. It's just what would be considered in the Instagram world, like a dirty untouchable picture. And she's like, this is like, this is my life. I I have so many women that I work with that every day they're like, I just don't know how you do it. I'm just, I feel like there's something wrong with me, blah, blah, Mm. blah. Like my Mm. family, this Mm. and that and the other thing. And she's like, I'm, I'm sick of it. I, this is my life. It's just like yours. And, uh, you know, it sounds so like chicken soup for the soul, but it's so important that we just be real. Yeah. Like my life fucking sucks today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really important. Here's it's what really it important. looks like. I'm yeah. with you. That to me is authentic community mm-hmm. when we're not complaining about our lives all the time. Right. Like, yeah, that can be, you know, there's, there's a piece of that that's authentic. And then there's another piece that's avoidant as well. There's I think. But, attention. Yeah. Yeah. But being able to say, I'm, I'm striving for, for this. Mm. And right now it looks like this. And I have a whole range of emotions Mm -hmm. that I go through. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it sucks. And so just being able to be honest about that and also saying, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's a big one Mm -hmm. I've noticed Mm -hmm. is a magnet for me with people who are, are looking at the bigger picture, wanting more trying to align with their values more and more all the time and create a better life and circumstances for themselves and their family, but also being willing to say like, I don't know the, (laughs) I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, like when I'm having a bad day, I love it when I can just talk with someone I'm close with and them say, you know what? Nobody fucking knows. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's going on either. All I know is like, you're not alone. You're doing great. Yeah. And it's it's working out. It's so important. (laughs) I think the the sense of isolationism, even prior to COVID, you know, with social media and kind of, um, I don't say the, uh, this kind of uh, American individualism, you know, where it's like the individual versus the world. Uh, there's benefit there, but it's, it's, it's really detrimental when it comes to our, um, you know, communal health. And we know that community is such an important part of health. We talked about that briefly on the, uh, episode, the religion episode, you know, where centenarians live longer, not because of some God in the sky, but because they have a community of people 
that help them get through shit, that help to remind them on the days when they feel like they're not going to make it, that it's, it's tough. It's okay that it's tough, but you can get through it. And there is a light on the other side. You and said cent- centenarian. It's probably mm-hmm. a new term for some people. Maybe people that lived a hundred years or more. Uh, but, mm-hmm. um, okay. Uh, wow. what was I saying? The, um, depression. Yeah. Thinking about depression. I know for a fact, like my depression has been completely exacerbated when I have limited community. When I lived in Indiana or when we lived in Indiana and we had, you know, once a month or so people come up to hang out. But most of the time we were there by ourselves and just us. And it's really taxing. You can be doing the most meaningful work. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a community that you can really rely on to to be vulnerable and to be strong for, we need that as well. We need to be able to be strong for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, as well as for other people to be strong for us. It's a mm-hmm. give and a take. And without that, uh, man, quality of life deteriorates quickly. And psychedelic communities are an interesting sort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What so kind you, of interesting things well, have you I, seen Actually, in I'd love to hear it for you because, you know, I have been, I've been openly, blatantly psychedelic for 20 something years since I was 19 first mushroom dose I was like oh yep this is me mm-hmm. and that's just been my identity for a very long time so I'll be happy to talk about what I've seen over the years but I'm interested really if you'd give a little breakdown of your experience as someone who you know what seven years ago really kind of Mm-hmm. dove into the psychedelic community and then mm-hmm. what you've seen over the last few years and, and what it really mm-hmm. means to you. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, so I've been my whole life. I've been someone who is seeking the next level, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I have been oriented towards, making big strides. I mean, since I can remember, since I was little, like my first memories were just going for something, mm-hmm. like jumping over a big rock or like always having a goal. Mm-hmm. I've always been very goal oriented and knowing that when I wake up in the morning, I need to have something big I'm working towards mm-hmm. or else I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. Always how I've been. So when I discovered discovered mushrooms I was very surprised that they could assist me in my growth and but in a way I'd never thought of before in a way where I felt like oh this is me underneath all the goals this is me and helping me align with my purpose and setting goals that are in more alignment with that so I hope that's not the house next door on fire. <laughs> it sounds real fucking close. Yeah, hopefully it's not our house on fire. I don't smell anything. <laughs> I've actually had, uh, thankfully for a community, I did have the fire department called on me one time. Not because of an actual emergency, because, well, that's a long story. Yeah, we'll maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just leave them hanging right, on God, that. No, 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 we'll say that for later. Go ahead. 
So anyway, when I discovered mushrooms, I kind of thought, oh, wow, like this is my next level in personal development. And so I I kind of assumed that that was everybody's Mm. way Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. working with with mushrooms. And so operating under that assumption wasn't so helpful. I discovered that I mean, people, people do use, it's way harder to use psychedelics like mushrooms as a way to escape way harder. People do do it. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I have been pleasantly surprised. I will, I will say that as like an overall summary, I've been pleasantly surprised with, uh, the psychedelic community and having conscientious conversations that a lot of people, uh, aren't willing to have. I mean, that's been my, my, my take on things anyway. I mean, it's not always true. Some people, there's been a lot of, uh, there has been a lot of, I've done, I've eaten mushrooms once and therefore like, I know now what psychedelics are all about and I know how to like talk about psychedelics and I know, uh, what they do for people and like people who have engaged with psychedelics for self-development super briefly and then assume that they know uh, all there is to know. So there, there has been a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, does that make sense what I'm saying? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I think for me, the most pleasant surprises within the psychedelic community are people that are new to psychedelics, like people who are mature, depressed, um, coming to it for therapy that are professionals. I guess where I, you know, where I dove in was with the hippies, you know, mm-hmm. no offense, hippies, there's a lot of great hippies out there. Um, but there were a lot of people who were using psilocybin, uh, as like you said, an, an avoidance tactic. And so the people that I love most in the psychedelic community are not people who have been long-term psychedelics mm-hmm. users, Right. you know, uh, a lot of those people. Yeah, we're just looking for a, a reason to party. And, you know, that's I, I think that's one of the good things about mushrooms. It's also one of the, you know, more, not dangerous, but potentially problematic is that mushrooms, you can eat a gram of mushrooms or a half a gram or two grams, depending on your sensitivity and your capability, and, and go to a concert and just kind of have fun. Uh, and so they can be used more as a spiritual bypass tool. Um and then, you know, sometimes you get people who are, like, way out there, you know, um, that are really difficult to approach and have conversation with. LSD, as much as I think LSD is an extremely helpful tool, um, I've met a lot of people who did a lot of LSD, and they were just, like, fucking out of touch. Oh, couldn't, right. Couldn't be a part of a community. They were floating in, in the fucking any kind ether. Of concrete DMT, same way, you know, DMT. I've seen people who have just been way out there, and it's hard to have a effective community with people that can't hold a, uh, a conversation. Yeah. You know? So that comes back to our last episode we did talking about integration, and that is where it can be problematic (laughs) to not one one of the ways it can Mm -hmm. be problematic to not have integration Mm -hmm. solid ongoing 
integration when mm-hmm. working with psychedelics because you can very easily if you're working with these plants regularly end up in space not mm-hmm. knowing what's what and have you ever seen me i mean like where what's the spaciest you've seen me the spaciest like, yeah I've i mean seen you? i don't know i feel like why have i been able to take so much mushrooms and not be a constant constant space cadet or have there been times when i have been like a space cadet and didn't know it <laughs> mm, well this i mean the spaciest i've seen you is when you're using cannabis heavily yeah. and that there's a big difference between eric who's using cannabis all day and eric who's using cannabis i'm not a good member of a community semi- when I'm stoned all the time <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard to stay oriented towards what you're working towards. Mm-hmm. Stay clear. Um, but even still, yeah, you've somehow been able to maintain um, your track, staying on track towards what you want in your life mm-hmm. through all the times you've eaten mushrooms and used cannabis. It's pretty impressive, really. And LSD. Ooh. And LSD. Oh, I feel like... LSD, I have a potential to get out there. <laughs> but your work ethic, just since you were young, has been, you've had such a high, uh, high work ethic. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Maybe that's why you've, you've learned how to yeah. work with. Maybe. I don't altered know. Altered states. It's, uh, this whole community thing is really interesting and curious for me because in a lot of ways, I feel like I have been separated from my community because of my psychedelic use. And you talked about this the other day. We had actually a pretty intimate conversation at your parents the other day about, you know, a number of friends that you grew up with who can't hang. And I don't mean like they can't take the, the drugs. I mean, like they can't hang with the conversations that you have. I mean, they can but they don't want to you would no they can't actually I'm... no they can't have the conversations that you have mm-hmm. they'll they'll they can hang around for a little while but when you start having those conversations they you know they shed off yeah i underestimate how vulnerable people feel when when we talk about our emotional states mm-hmm. and topics that I no longer consider to be terrifying Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh that would be like I don't know there's some topics that people associate with being a a dangerous person or um, like I mean like eating mushrooms a lot of people think if I eat mushrooms then I'm a risk Mm -hmm. to my family I'm a risk to society I'm a risk to my job and they -hmm. associate psychedelics with all these things that would ruin their life. And I now know very clearly that's not the case with certain topics, non-monogamy and plant medicine and questions, (laughs) like having questions about things. A lot of people don't question. Mm -hmm. It is a political. It's very, very challenging for a lot of people to Mm -hmm. be vulnerable Mm -hmm and ask and be willing to hear an answer that it isn't what the answer that they've been living their life around yeah, yeah. that means change that so what do you how do, how do we you know work with that in terms of 
being in community. I mean, we can't, at least at this time, I don't think it's really feasible that the bulk of most people's community is psychedelic in nature. Maybe for us it's different because we're so deeply immersed in it. But for people who don't live, who, who just dabble in sacred medicines or sacred plants, uh, you know, how do we like bring this conversation into community without running our, the communities off? Hmm. Our community as in our micro community. Of well, I'm just, I'm thinking about like, you know, like there's a lot of people that I've worked with who have, you know, take mushrooms maybe three times in their life. And that's probably all they'll ever take them. Mm-hmm. And they want to be able to talk about these experiences, but they can't. So does, does that mean that we have to have sub communities or, and, and is that a problem? You know, I'm just kind of exploring this cause I don't have the answer. Yeah, I feel like we do have to have sub-communities because Mm -hmm. this is currently a very triggering topic still Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And I think that's that's a question to to ask, like in our in our sub-communities is, you know, how how do we do some education in our broader communities like Mm -hmm. education? I think being able to speak that's where research can be so helpful is educating people, helping speaking the language that people who haven't had say a plant medicine experience, they can start to intellectually mm-hmm. let go mm-hmm. of, Hey, I've been wrong about this mm-hmm. science. I look at science. I look at, <sighs> I look at, uh, research and research tells me that oh the brain brain cells grow when you when you take this when you eat this plant so that there must be something to that and a lot of people operate in that way like I've got to see everybody else doing it first before mm-hmm. uh, I need some solid proof from somebody else before I'm willing to uh, experience it myself and yeah. so before we go out and stand on a stage and like talk about, Oh, this trip I had Mm -hmm. that changed my life. I mean, certain people can do that, that. but you still have to be pretty mindful about what you talk about. So as to not scare people off. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh to me, it's a kind of a sad state of affairs that we have to have all these. uh, It's, it's not sad that we have to have, that we have sub communities because they're, you know, everybody's got different interests, and that's understandable. But when we, when the sub communities are necessitated because of a lack of curiosity or openness, that's that's what's it's tough for me. Um, and I think that's just touching on something that I've felt a lot of in my life. You know, I uh, I've been joking the other day about the platypus being my totem and that's the truth uh you know it fits in everywhere and nowhere at the same time when you when you see our society seems to be becoming more and more polarized and divided and bring up certain topics and everybody wants you know people get angry or people just leave or people just shut down or people want to cancel la 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 it's like we're 
it's it's just I wish we I want us please everybody can we just get back to where if there ever was a time or maybe that's where we're headed maybe we've never been there and that's where we're going okay let's think more optimistically here let's let's keep moving (laughs) (laughs) let's keep moving towards that place where we can just be open and accepting people for who they are you know as long as nobody's hurting anybody else physically or putting anybody else's life if we can step out emotionally and look at where we're at in time and how we have a big group of people saying like, you know, black lives matter. And, you know, the way we are, you know, we have the right to be different genders or not have a gender or mm-hmm. like, express ourselves in different ways and like it's this amazing revolution and in the meantime it's ironic because there's a whole other group of people that are confused and trying to ask questions about how to operate Mm -hmm. with this revolution of uh acceptance of all people going on but like the people that are asking questions are oftentimes getting kind of trampled Mm -hmm. on like Mm -hmm. your questions don't matter you can't ask that question Mm -hmm. like i guess that's the whole cancel culture thing like Mm -hmm. kind of trying to erase our very real feelings and thoughts about not knowing Mm -hmm. like yeah it's okay not to know It's, it's okay to like you know, if somebody doesn't understand why I do mushrooms or why I you know, live the life I live, like I should be okay with that. I should be accepting of that. Those are still a member. Those people are yeah. members of my community. And if it's whatever, whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, no, we are, we are moving in the right direction. Uh, we've got a lot, a lot to learn as a community and, you know, we're a global community, we're regional communities, we're state, micro, subject communities. And, um, but we're really, like, really all the same. Everybody's just looking for somewhere to belong. They're just looking for mm-hmm. people, places where they can feel okay being who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to, I want, I want to see that for everybody. That's what the psychedelics have done for me. You know, you mentioned somewhere, sometime, about that kind of ability of mine to just be with people however they are. And that's really one of the biggest lessons that psychedelics have helped me come to and to integrate into my life. Like, I am, I feel like in terms of political beliefs, sexual lives, I mean, there's still places where I'm judgmental. There's still places where I, like, I don't know, don't want to be groups that I don't want to be a part of or don't understand and criticize. So, you know, we've all got growth to growth to do. Um, but just being more and more accepting of each other, just keep going towards that. Community does not have to be defined by interests. There's so many forms of community. Our neighbors here, I guarantee you, none of our neighbors are like us, but they are they are our community. 
you know, and they're an important and vital part of our life in ways that we don't even realize. And so if we could be more cognizant of how all of the different communities play into our kind of, you know, larger community, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just can just value it more. Yeah, we need each other. We need each other. We need to have those different opinions in order to have our own opinion. It's the reflection of each other that you know makes us our unique selves. Mm. You know, if we didn't have the people that have no ability to understand how we live our lives, we probably wouldn't be living our lives like we live them because it's, you know, the questioning of how other people do things that we formulate our own unique Mm. way of doing things. And so, uh, it is, it's not black and white though. There's a big gray area of how do we, how do we do this? Like, how do we live amongst each other and, you know, make, make this thing we call life work when we all see it a different way well and yeah and and that that thing of all of us being having an impact on each other is is the very thing that can it can bring us together or tear us apart right because if someone realizing the impact that other people have on my life uh can create a sense of openness and curiosity for who they are and what they bring to the table. And it can also set up a defensiveness and protectiveness to not don't change who I am kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so finding that balance seems really crucial. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a static balance. It's a kind of a moving boundary of what we are willing to accept as an influence in our life and to help us. And that all changes as we get more information. I mean, you know, I grew up just as homophobic as as they come, you know. Springfield, Kentucky is like every expletive you can imagine for a homosexual. Um, and it was only when I moved to the city and was by necessity surrounded or not surrounded, but I worked with a lot of or a number of gay men and I, they became a part of my community that I, at first I was resistant to. And then I became so open to it. Like these were like the, some of the coolest people I ever met, you know? And, uh, so, you know, it, it all happens when we're ready. It all happens at the right time. And, uh, we can, we can move ourselves along the path a little bit quicker but also respecting our individual boundaries. That's really important that we do. If you mm-hmm. are not ready for a certain ideology in your life, then, you know, you can respectfully hold that boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot. We only have so much emotional bandwidth. Mm-hmm. And so There's we got to work with right what we now. got. The world is just like <laughs> popping off in every way, you know? I mean, this this whole gender thing has got to be fucking with so many heads like that is when i because I, I was getting to say earlier you know how like you know 
conversations that I've had about non-monogamy, just like people just fucking lose their shit. They got to fucking, they can't get away. They got to get away from it. They can't yeah. stand it. And then now start talking about, you know, like, I don't know how many different forms of gender are we, mm-hmm. you know, are assigning right now. And it's just like, that is fucking was in people's heads big time. <laughs> Which personally I love. I love the fact that yeah, we're, me we're, too. it's causing us to question. You know, you said that the other day and we we're having that integration session, just how amazing it is that these questions are being presented to us as a human mm-hmm. community right now. Uh, trying to figure out, you know, what does it mean to be mm-hmm. a human, to be a member of this this community? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. I love the the questions and the critical thinking and just like that balance between the thinking and the letting go. Mm-hmm. And it is always in flux. And like you said, it's, it's never ending. So might as well have some fun with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm certainly trying to, it's, it pushes my boundaries though. Uh-huh. Thankfully. Yep. The body modification stuff is some of the weird, the bigger, the harder stuff for me to really wrap my head around. Not like transgender, but like when people like turn into reptiles and shit like that, you know, like the people that have like put horns and implants and there's this guy that like has become yeah. like a, an ogre or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have to understand it. I don't have to engage with it. I'm happy that. Someone is able to live the life that they want to live. Exactly. Yeah. As long as I'm not being forced to look like an ogre, <laughs> you can Far from that. do all you want to look like an ogre. Yeah. What What about, I don't know if we have time really, but like, I'm thinking like, like, yeah, we got seven minutes. Real quick, real quick. Can you talk about um, kind of who has the right or how to, oh, this is such a big topic. And maybe I don't know. Again, I don't know if this podcast is fair. Uh, gatekeepers though. It has me thinking about like in a community who has the right uh-huh. to keep, you know, to include like or the exclude some concept from of like a church having elders. And that's one way of looking at it. I'm making... just thinking like, if we got like a group of like, if, if we're having a, our, our normal group of friends are over here, we're having a little fire out back and somebody brings ogre guy. <laughs> Like, is it, is it on me or you to be like, sorry, it's not working or, you know what I mean? Cause then like, yeah, that's a balance. I think that's a, well, like we've been talking about with sanctuary church, like the premise of, you know, it's, it's, it takes a village to make a decision. It's not a one person mm-hmm. thing. Ultimately somebody, if the community, if the village is totally indecisive and nobody knows what to do, somebody's got to mm-hmm. do something and yeah. like take that responsibility on. At least that's the paradigm we're <sighs> operating on right now. But I would think if the ogre gets invited to the party and what is the ogre causing problems in your mind? Like, no, not that I can see. They just, everybody's like, they uncomfortable. I mean, if they're or? like eating raw flesh, like they say, there's, Oh my like, God. Hey, there are people that eat raw beef. I've seen like these things on Facebook, these people that are like raw meat people. And they're yeah. just like bragging and doing videos of them eating with blood all over their faces and stuff, you know, like it shit gets out there and like, <clears throat> yeah, like figuring out these boundaries, which I, there's this is what I love. This is the land that I love. The land of of no like clear cut answer, you know? Well, yeah, so that's 
like coming back to our last episode talking about integration and who you're working with like being mindful of their values and intentions and you know how they talk to themselves and Mm -hmm. you know how we talk to ourselves is how we're going to talk to the ogre who's eating raw flesh like you know if it's one thing if the ogre is coming in here and like you know being violent like obviously Mm -hmm. strongest people throw them out and Mm -hmm. whatever do what it takes to keep the violence away but you know if it's just like a weird looking dude that's just hanging out a weird looking like everybody's uncomfortable because there's a weird dude doing things that it's like constantly questioning (laughs) our our cultural paradigms then it's like i think it could be communicated by whoever's holding the gathering like hey like pull him aside or her or them and be like um so I just want you to know, like, it's really interesting how you live your life uh, and you're eating raw flesh and making these weird sounds and everything. I totally respect it. You're not causing any harm. However, (laughs) people here really don't get that. Like a lot of people just don't understand, you know, why you're doing these things. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable and, you know, you're doing you. That's great. I just want you to know that maybe this isn't a good fit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like may, if you come back, if you want to come back, then maybe we could just like, you, know, the raw meat. you really have to, yeah, get rid of a few of these habits. Cause the raw meat's been much if you, it's really important to you to come back here. Then I just want you to know what it's going to take <laughs> so that people can be basically comfortable. You're good at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, lo- I love the, the communication uh, it's not a good fit thing after being director of operations for a psychedelic company for mm, so long you learned you, a lot there didn't you yeah start to learn how to have very uncomfortable yeah. conversations yeah, a lot with there. people <laughs> so all right well okay well this was a weird conversation i'm not sure it expanded our community or <laughs> <laughs> closed it uh, but yeah we'll yeah. we'll see Thanks. Hope you come back for another one. Made it this far. (laughs) Okay.